Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. Cure your craving. Stop in today or visit zaxby's.com. This is the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State Football Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. Jacob, you're up in Stillwater with me today. We're, uh, we just finished talking to some players. Your, uh, your first time venturing into uh, Boone Pickens Stadium to visit with the guys. Uh, L.D. Brown put on a show for you on your first day, Jacob. <laughs> he did. Um, first of all, Scott, it was like old times. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it was uh, absolutely. old times on the, on the prep beat together. Um, but L.D. put on, it was almost, almost like an open mic night. A little uh, bit. A little he bit. had jokes. He had jokes about his teammates. He had stories about his teammates. Um, I was... I was thoroughly entertained. Um, he brought up the talent show that I guess they recently had, and there was a magic show that, that bombed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. he, he said his act was pretty good. Um, and Israel Antoine apparently can do a, a great impression of, uh, of a president. Yeah, Barack Obama coming out of Israel Antoine, for those who know Izzy, um, not the most uh, outspoken guy, a very a very quiet guy, and apparently his his Barack Obama is spot on. He got a, uh, a 30 out of 30 and, and won the talent show over L.D. Brown. I didn't catch who all was in uh, in with L.D. Brown, but they uh, they sang a Temptation song and were uh, in full uh, full suits and uh, sunglasses and everything. So yeah, I didn't catch it, but he said that they uh, designed you know they designed the choreography yeah, the, and everything the, that day. He, um, yeah, he did it all the uh, he led the led the way so uh, multi-talented ld brown he also uh helped us out uh, broke a little bit of news for us jacob <laughs> yeah uh we had no idea who exactly was going to be returning kicks and apparently uh he and uh chuba hubbard are going to be uh out there returning both, kicks both involved he says so uh and he sounded very excited about it you know and we've uh, we've talked on this podcast and i've written in the paper that that chuba hubbard isn't expected to be involved in that um you know the early practices when we were allowed in to watch a few minutes early on they did the special teams period uh, chuba hubbard was always with the receivers uh going through uh pass catching drills off the jugs gun with uh, with casey dunn uh, hadn't been involved in any kickoff return. That's a uh, that's a that's a big uh, a big weapon to have back there. He was a guy who averaged over 22 yards per return last year, and uh, it's always uh, it's always a debate when you've got your your number one running back, and, and in this case, your number one and your number two <laughs> yeah. that you're putting back there to uh, to to take some uh, some punishment. It's a little bit of a, a little bit of a risk, Jacob. Yeah, I think it's. Um it is interesting in that regard. You look at it and go, "What if one if one of them gets hurt, or what if both of them get hurt?" Right. You know, you yeah. get one get hurt on one kickoff, and later in the game, the other one. Yeah. Uh, or uh, maybe 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 Mike Gundy pulls one if, if one has a right. has an issue that he pulls the other one too to mm-hmm. to be to kind of have a safety net there. I, I don't know, but the, what I thought was interesting was was LD said uh, that they begged their way on. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I want to know what a begging with a college coach is like. Um, what do you bargain in this yeah. situation? Yeah. Um, he said the next step is to try to figure out if they can return anything yeah. uh, right now because I think they're being told if it goes over the, the goal line at all to let it go and yeah. for a touchback. But, uh, you know, he's a former track star, and I think he wants mm-hmm. to, to, to kind of let loose. He likes uh, he likes to show off that speed. That's for sure. Um, he talked a little bit about the uh, the responsibilities of the number two back in uh, in this Oklahoma State offense, which became um, uh, that role became a lot more prominent last year as they tried to get. Uh, uh, really, they had all four guys when you factor in Justice Hill and J.D. King. They were trying to get all of those guys involved in the game and uh, started doing some more things to uh, to get those guys on the field. Uh, often with two of them together. Um, but uh, but 
LD knows that he's going to have a uh, a much more prominent role. I wrote about him earlier in the week. Uh, he's he's a guy that's uh, that's been nagged by injuries, had just you know a high ankle sprain that would keep him out a few games or uh, a shoulder injury, whatever it might be along the way that uh, that have kept him off the field at, at times. But uh, really excited now for his uh, his redshirt junior year to get an opportunity to be a, an impact player. Um, that uh, that would be helpful for the Cowboys because they need somebody good behind. Uh, behind Chuba Hubbard, it would be great for us because talking to him is a blast. Yeah, I, I might put a request in every time at this rate. If he's gonna put on a put on a comedy show like that, then by all means, he can he can talk to us as many times as we can possibly get him. Right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and and he uh, his story of uh, of the first time he met Tom Hutton, the Australian punter, and hearing uh, hearing his voice in the, uh, I think he said they were in an elevator. That was uh, that was pure. Yeah, entertainment. He turned to him and said, "Say that, say that again." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that that's that's classic, right? And then, there. And then he told him, "You must get all the girls," which <laughs> is uh, not true. I assume I don't know the details of Tom Hutton's yeah. marriage, but he is married. His wife is in in oklahoma working at oklahoma state now so i assume that that's probably not true that he gets all the girls yeah i was kind of just the one i was kind of thinking that when he said that i thought wait a second i thought he's married but i don't i don't have that information right in front of me (laughs) yep so uh so ld brown says uh watch out for it uh, in the first game he and uh, and chuba hubbard deep returning uh kickoff so that'll be something uh intriguing to uh to keep an eye on got to visit with matt amandola it got to be a, a heavy special teams day we've reached that point in camp where uh where a lot of the storylines have been covered and uh, those of us who are there all the time are, are looking for new angles and um uh, matt, matt amandola talked about you know building the relationship with his holder who is uh jake mcclure both he and, and tom hutton worked in that spot but it sounded like mcclure is going to be the guy there um uh, you know, building that relationship after uh, a couple of years of having Zach Siner as his holder has been a uh, uh, you know an important factor for for him. Amendola gets uh, gets gets ragged on a little too hard, I think, by the by the fans sometimes. He's uh, he's been a pretty reliable guy. He just he, he has a, a tendency to miss in bunches. That's been his uh, his his difficulty. You know, you think back to uh, the 2017 trip to uh, Texas Tech when he hit the upright twice the same upright uh, twice from inside of 25 yards and uh, you know some other other moments that he had but he had a string of 18 straight that he made between the end of 2017 and the start of 2018 so um, you know those are uh, those are some uh, some important things uh, and you talk to uh, another guy that uh, should be involved in some special teams action uh, we'll get to that right after this break this is the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. As I mentioned before the break, you uh, you talked to a guy who got, got in on a little bit of special teams action, Jason Taylor, the Carl Albert product, Jason Taylor II. Um, he played uh, enough special teams to uh, to get some experience, but not enough to burn his redshirt year with the new rule. So um, three games for him last year on special teams duty at the end of the year. Um, what uh, what did Jason have to say about uh, about that experience? You know, he he actually said it was very beneficial for him. Uh, he got he he got to sit and watch for for a good portion of that season and learn and, and work out and 
um, as as other classmates of his were playing uh, the, the full time, and, and he got in there and said that this has been very beneficial for him. He's come into camp and been been a lot more confident in himself, and he knows what to expect and what to do. Um, he's going to see some time on the field at safety, I think, and um, obviously special teams too. And he's just he's he said that he's just he's better from all this and, and I asked him I said, are you in favor of this rule you know because I know it's pretty popular and he said yeah he said it's it's great I've got that experience I'm not coming in here having any not, not having a clue of what's going on uh, after just standing on the sideline for a year and um, he said that actually a lot of the older guys wish that they could have done it too and uh, so it's you know that, that and, and that's that's fair you know it'll be interesting to talk to Gundy if he has some uh, some different philosophies for using that uh, that new redshirt rule to get some more guys involved. They had some guys like Kanayan Williams, Sean Michael Flanagan, who they would use throughout the course of the year, sprinkle them in here and there on special teams, and and let them get involved. And uh, and once they got to four games, you know they would shut them down for the year. So uh, that will be uh, uh, an important factor, I think, for some of these young guys to uh, to get involved and get acclimated. To uh, to game speed and uh, and and just become more comfortable. You know, it, it seems like it's something you could even use for uh, for uh, a guy that maybe can't contribute on special teams. But uh, you know, for instance, Tyler Lacey might have been a guy that could have benefited from it on at, at the defensive line, even if it was just a, a few snaps here and there. Something to uh, to to change things up for him. So it'll be very interesting to see how uh, how that rule is used differently for uh, for Gundy this year. So. Um, but Jason Taylor, a guy that uh, that you got to know really well through yeah. through high school, um, it, it'll be exciting for uh, for some local folks to see him on the field. Yeah, you know, um, obviously I covered him extensively at Carl Albert. Um, I did a big, giant story uh, Friday Night Lights on him and how his father was uh, shot and killed when when Jason was younger and um, how that motivated him. His, his dad played at Langston, um, was really well liked, and and Jason picked up football because of his dad and. And developed into this to this elite player, uh, and especially in high school, um, he's one of the best players I've covered. Um, got to really know him really well, and, and I asked him um, today. I said, "What what was it like in that first game? You know, you step on the field, do you look around? I mean, what, what 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 goes through your mind?" And he thought, "Man, this isn't Carl Albert anymore." <laughs> and it kind of made me laugh. Like, yeah, stadium's a little bigger now, right? You know, right. Um, and and and. And and that's why this is good for him that he's he's getting comfortable. Um, he looks different. He sounds different when you talk with him. He's he's a little more talkative um, than than he was in high school. He was kind of a quiet kid in high school at times, and uh, he's put on some weight. You could tell, and uh, he's just a little more comfortable in his shell. Yeah, running uh, running some second team uh, safety for uh, for what we had uh, had seen earlier in the year. I would expect to see him be a guy that can come in and uh, and. Provide some uh, some breaks here and there for uh, for a guy like Malcolm Rodriguez, somebody like that. So, uh, important role for him, uh, I think, this year. Um, all right, Jacob, we'll uh, we'll take one more break and come back with the uh, the weekly mailbag here on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. I'm your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. It is mailbag time. Jacob, fire away. What do we got? I know uh, I know. Uh, we got Justin beating, bat, uh, Justin batting leadoff for us today. Justin's back. Uh, he is. He's, he's a regular. Right. Um, Justin asks, 
Both Gundy and Whedon have recently commented about 2011 and how they think they could have beaten LSU. My question is, now that there is a four-team playoff, has anything really changed for OSU? Would a one-loss OSU conference champ team get the nod over a one-loss Blue Blood? He says no. It's a, it's a really interesting question. And, um, you know, you, there's so many other factors that could play in. You know, is it a, a year like, like 2011 where LSU and Alabama were both clearly one and two in in every poll at the end of the year um you know then you look at uh, uh you know in in 2011 if there had been a four-team playoff uh, you know oklahoma state would have gotten in obviously that was a that was a bcs ranking system it was a, a it was different um it was different at the time but um you know there were uh there were virginia tech was uh on the outside of the top four in the in those bcs rankings with only one loss houston was undefeated and was uh and was ranked sixth at the time and then uh, boise state was hanging around uh at seventh with a with a loss um so you had uh, you had a, a good collection of one loss teams that would have been battling it out um you know in uh, in the eyes of uh, of a committee as opposed to the BCS system, which which would have it would have been interesting to see how that was viewed. I think I think in that group, I think Oklahoma State would have stood a, a good chance uh, because it's probably it probably comes down to Oklahoma State, Stanford, and and Virginia Tech for the last two spots. And I think Oklahoma State had a strong enough resume at the time that they probably would have got in. Um, you know, the the interesting thing is that uh, Gundy and Whedon always bring up, or well, Gundy has has brought up. Um, beating LSU, had there been a playoff, they would have actually had to beat Alabama, then LSU, because Oklahoma State would have been the three seed, Alabama the two at the time, and uh, LSU was number one. So they would have had to beat Alabama and LSU in back-to-back weeks to uh, to try to win that title. That would have been uh, that would have been fascinating. Woof on that. Like, yeah. That would oof. Man, that's that's a chore. Yeah. Uh, that's yes. Good question. Good yeah. answer. Absolutely. Uh, this one comes from M K Ryan. Uh, I believe I'm saying that right. Uh, Scott, is there a lack of separation because both are doing well or because neither is that great? And I believe he's talking about the quarterbacks. Yeah, the quarterbacks here. Uh, I think that uh, I, I tend to lean toward believing that, that, that both of these guys are pretty solid. I don't get a sense from the people that I've talked to about the quarterbacks. You don't get a sense of worry or concern about the level of play. They're just they're – just, it's too tight of a race to call right now and uh, and I think that that's it's, it's concerning because they're splitting reps and taking time away from the other whoever ends up being the starter but it's just it's just the situation that Oklahoma State is in right now and that's uh, that's going to make things difficult at times so um, you know it's it, I, I a lot of people like to like to go back to the old saying that if you have two quarterbacks you don't you don't have one uh, one good one uh, I don't think that's the case. I think that they're both capable of, of winning games in this offense. I just, uh, I just, I don't know that they can figure out which one is the guy right now. Yeah, that's. I think that's fair. I, yeah. I really do. I think. I think they're, they're just trying to figure it out, and and there's, there may not be separation yet. Yeah. And and it's not one's worse than the other. Um, good answer. Good question. Um, now we've got OSU Aholic with a couple questions. He came, he came in strong uh, once I uh, he, he told me first on Twitter. He said I could fill up the entire mailbag myself, 
and I said fire away, and he did. So, uh, so do you want all these we, questions, where do we, or where, we, where yeah. do we start? Well, I tell you what, we talked a lot of defense in our uh, in our yeah. last podcast, Jenny Carlson and I did. So let's uh, let's try to stick to his offensive related or uh, or other other non defensive questions. Uh, he asked about the quarterbacks. We've already answered that. Uh, he asked uh, who is the surprise bake breakout wide receiver. Now, uh, now you talked to Tylen Wallace today. And I believe he was asked the same question, wasn't he? Yeah, he was asked uh, who he thinks is going to be the surprise receiver, and uh, he both said the he said all three of the X's: Jordan McRae, um, I don't know, I'm blanking, Patrick McCoffin, Patrick McCoffin, and C.J. Moore. Um, he said that all three of them have been really great uh, when he's seen in practice, and that they're going to surprise a lot of people. Now he didn't say who was leading the way right. to get the spot. He didn't let that out, but uh, he said that that position. Seems really strong in his mind, and uh, those guys over there are, are doing really good things. And I know a lot of people are excited to see Jordan McRae, uh, yeah. just to kind of see what he brings uh, transferring in. And I know that's the guy you've been you've been touting that you really were interested in seeing. And you know Patrick McCoffin has played very little football right. at this point with his injuries. And C.J. Moore is a, is a guy I saw a Union, uh, a big tall receiver. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see who wins that battle. It is, and it's going to be interesting to see how those three guys get used because I think that uh, that they're going to find a way to have all of them involved. Um, because a year from now, Jordan McRae is gone, and those other two guys are back, and you need to have those guys ready to go. You can't just uh, just just throw McRae out there and, and let him run like they did with Tyron Johnson last year. Of course, they thought they were going to have Tyron Johnson back this year, but he decided to go pro early, so uh, that uh, that threw a wrench in their plans. So the uh, the the way that those guys are used, I think you're going to get to see all three of them have opportunities to make plays. What's he got next? All right. Uh, We're sticking with the offense here. Uh, If Gleason is really putting a stamp on things, what can we expect to see as a Gleason quote-unquote thing? Um, more than one quarterback on the field at a time would be the first the first answer that I would uh, come up with. If you if you Google Princeton three quarterbacks, you'll uh, you'll find some uh, some game footage of of him actually putting three quarterbacks on the field at one time. One split out to the right, one split out to the left, and one behind the center. So um, he is not afraid to do some uh, some unique and crazy things. Um, obviously, that's on tape. That, that people can go see that, so um, I'm sure that uh, that that he's using uh, you know using the um, tools that he has to come up with something else creative. But he's not afraid to go outside the box and uh, and do some wild stuff. Um, you know, if you're looking for something uh, a little more uh, more tied to the scheme, I think that the quarterback run game is going to be uh, a little more of a priority uh, going forward. You've got um, you know Drew Brown is a is an intelligent and adequate runner he knows when to use his feet spencer sanders is a playmaker with his feet and uh and brendan brendan costello who is the uh the red shirting freshman number three guy is uh, is also able to run as well so um so i think that's going to be the thing early on in uh in sean gleason's tenure that uh begins to to be more established for from this oklahoma state offense i guess we should start planning nicknames for it now right yeah. Oh, yeah. We gotta we gotta figure out uh, what uh, what kind of nicknames we're gonna give all uh, all of these different things <laughs> that uh, that Gleason is doing. All right. Uh, OSU Holic has uh, he says okay. I lied one more, but he's actually got two in this tweet. So um, <laughs> start with: Should OSU fans be concerned if they don't see blowouts of Oregon State and Tulsa, or just chalk it up to Gundy playing a conservative? Oregon State, not necessarily. I think that is a game that that you know it's a two touchdown spread if it ends in that range i think that that's uh, perfectly acceptable 
uh, Tulsa, I would say if, if Tulsa goes out and puts up enough points to keep up with OSU, that's a little scary. They're going to be better on offense, but they're not, uh, they're not Big 12 caliber on offense. Um, so you, uh, you probably want to see a, a fairly lopsided game there. Uh, just, uh, just in my estimation. But at at Oregon State, I think that's probably going to be a game that's not, um, you know, it's not salted away early. I don't, I don't think. It's that's tough. It's a tough road trip on right. Friday night. Um, yeah. You're still working through things to open the season. Oregon uh, State's still fired up about about yeah. things. It's not like they're two and six. They're gonna, they're gonna, you know, it's, it's like, 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 it's like opening day in baseball. Yeah, you exactly. Know, you got everyone zero zero. Uh, even the even the Rangers are are uh, World Series champion hopefuls at that point. Yeah, um, exactly. you know. So there's 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 optimism there. Uh, the last one from him: uh, Does Texas and Austin define the season? This I was fascinated by this question. I'm glad it's uh, it's it's the last one. It's a good place to wrap up the uh, the show. It's a really good question, and I think. I don't. I don't think it defines the season because they can still lose that game, and and come back and be the third best team in the Big Twelve, which would be a uh, I think a successful season with uh, with where they're starting. But it definitely defines the trajectory of the season. If they go down there and play well, I think they come out of that game uh, feeling a lot more confident. And you know, a few weeks later, when they're at Iowa State. Uh, and in a game that uh, that could could really, I th- I think probably more define the season than uh, than than the Texas game, you know maybe they're uh, in a better situation to to play well there. If they get blown out at Texas, uh, you know you got to bounce back and uh, and and try to 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 get a, a team that uh, you know still has a lot of question marks around it, uh, you know back on track and and going in the right direction at that point. So. I won't go as far as to say it'll define the season, but I definitely think it has a heavy impact on the trajectory of the season and, and where they end up. Good stuff. All right, Jacob, that's uh, that's going to wrap up your first Cowboy Chronicles. Was it uh, was it was it all the excitement you could handle? It was it was definitely all the excitement I could all handle. Right. Just as much as talking about special teams today yeah. at the availability. It's so exciting. You worked in a Rangers reference. It I was, did. Uh, I did get it. I'm, you, you people did. may not know I'm a huge Rangers fan my whole life. Uh, yeah. They stink, so I worked in a reference. Yeah, you uh, you uh, you 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 hit for the cycle in the the Cowboy Chronicles cycle. All right. For, uh, for Jacob Unruh, I am Scott Wright. Thank you very much for listening to the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. Cure your cravings, stop in today or visit zaxby's.com.